0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Take Six, a podcast about the massive changes in media and how digital influencers are controlling the landscape. I am Duke McKenzie. I'm here today with a warning for all of those who play a role in the marketing ecosystem. You have the most dangerous job in corporate America today, and every day, Your corporate lives are becoming more and more at risk. Let's get into it. Let's talk about it. I have spent the last eight days in three states and seven cities meeting and talking with people in the marketing ecosystem. A large group of brand managers, PR professionals, and agency executives. And I love doing this. I love grouping my business meetings and business travel together because when I talk to a lot of people in the same industry, in different areas of the country, during the same period of time, I get perspective. I get perspective on how the industry is doing. I get to share that perspective with my colleagues. And today and right now, I'm going to share that perspective with you. I noticed a few major patterns that I would like to share with you today. Number one. Everyone that I spoke to is grinding and working really, really hard this year. It's going to be a great year in the marketing ecosystem. Number two, everyone in the industry seems to recognize how much the industry is changing before them. The phrase I heard over and over again was, it's like we are in a tsunami of change. Number three, and I found this strange. I found this really, really strange. No one that I spoke to believes that this tsunami of change is going to wreak havoc on their careers. Everyone that I spoke to thinks that their position in the marketing ecosystem is safe. And they're going to ride this tsunami of change out. I have some news for everybody. Please do not shoot the messenger. If you are an executive in the marketing ecosystem, you have the most dangerous job in corporate America today. You have the most dangerous job in corporate America today. You're probably thinking, Duke, you're nuts. My job isn't in danger. I'm doing really, really well. And so this can't possibly apply to me. Well, I hate to ruin your day, but you are dead wrong. Look, I'm sure you're doing great. You're working really, really hard and you're getting the results that your company is asking for. For now, for now. But my friends, the issue isn't with you. It's with corporate and media as a whole. Let me tell you something. I've been in this industry for 20 years. Right now, I believe in the marketing ecosystem, there are some of the most talented, some of the most creative, some of the most hardworking people that are dragging their companies into the future. So because of that, I'm screaming this from the mountaintops. I'm going to be the marketing ecosystem Paul Revere. Ladies and gentlemen, there is an apocalypse coming for big corporate brands. Ladies and gentlemen, these brands are going to see some tough, tough times ahead. And ladies and gentlemen, these brands are going to produce some very, very bad results. And you, Ms. and Mr. Member of the marketing ecosystem is going to get the blame. And you, Ms. and Mr. Member of the Marketing Ecosystem are going to be the scapegoats. And you, Ms. and Mr. Member of the Marketing Ecosystem are going to be the fall girls and fall guys. Listen, big corporate brands are going to see massive decline in market share. They are not going to hit their numbers. Their businesses will be in trouble. And the first people they're going to blame Frankly, the first people who are going to get whacked are their internal marketing departments, their creative and media buying agencies, and their PR agencies. Those will be the first to go. Let me tell you something. The average tenure for a CMO of the top 100 U.S. ad spenders fell to a meager 42%. Less than four years in that executive role, and it's shrinking fast. Marketing is the most dangerous job in corporate America today. Rome is starting to burn. People are starting to feel the heat, but they haven't felt the full effect yet. This is just starting. Let me tell you what has caused the fire. Let me tell you what is causing this danger for some of the biggest brands in corporate America. Number one, direct-to-consumer brands. Number two, retailers. Big brands Big customers are becoming their biggest competitors. Number three, massive upheaval and change in consumer media habits. Those are the three things that are wreaking havoc on big corporate brands. Look, I'm an optimist. You could ask my co-founders, the great Catherine Peterson and the fantastic Samantha Riley. We've been working together for over six years. They know me very, very well. I am Mr. Gumdrops and Lollipops. But everyone in the marketing ecosystem is acting like everything is okay. It's not okay. Marketing is the most dangerous job in corporate America today. Corporations feel that just because they've made some small changes, some small adjustments, that they have survived the fire. That they have survived the earthquake. That they have survived the earthquake caused by direct-to-consumer brands, retailers becoming their biggest competitors, and the massive upheaval and change in consumer media habits. 70% of the time, before a massive earthquake, before the really big one, there's normally a much smaller earthquake. This earthquake takes place minutes and sometimes up to two years before the major seismic event, the big one, the game-changer. They call this introduction earthquake the foreshock. What happens after the foreshock is that people get into this false sense of security. They believe that the worst has already happened. When the worst is about to come, the worst hasn't happened yet. We are experiencing a foreshock, folks. The big one hasn't come yet. Rome is burning. But the fire has just started. Now, let's go into detail of the three causes for the fire in a bit more detail here. Let's start off with direct-to-consumer brands. The best way I can describe what's happening here to major corporate brands is death by a thousand cuts. The phrase death by a thousand cuts originates from an old Chinese slow torture called Ling Lingchi Ling actually translates to mean everything from death by a thousand cuts to slow slicing. Essentially, torture by lynchi involved the condemned individual having their body slowly, carefully, and painstakingly cut hundreds of times. The process starts out harmless, but it ends up becoming one of the most painful, gruesome forms of torture ever. This is what direct-to-consumer brands are doing to big corporate brands. The media celebrates the exciting stories of direct-to-consumer brands' darlings like Harry Roser's or Dollar Shave Club. These direct-to-consumer brands created an innovative model that puts massive pressure on industry leaders such as Gillette. Gillette lost 11% market share between 2015 and 2016 because of Harry Razors and Dollar Shave Club. But I would argue for big brands like Gillette, These large direct-to-consumer companies like Dollar Shade Club are not their biggest problem. Their biggest problem is the 400 direct-to-consumer brands that we know about and the new ones that are popping up every day. That are taking little slices of market share, a point of market share here, a point of market share there until all those little slices of market share causes major damage to the brand. In the past, not so long ago, big brands, especially in the grocery and farmer channel, would keep small upstarts out because of slotting fees. Slotting fees are where big brands pay exorbitant amounts of money to get their products onto retailers' shelves. It actually was a great competitive advantage for big brands since it kept small new brands off of retailer shelves because most independent upstarts could not afford to pay. But with the adoption of e-commerce and the democratization of distribution caused by the internet and the smartphone, that advantage doesn't mean as much as it used to, because these upstarts have found a way around the store shelves. These new brands go to -to direct-to-consumer, skipping the retailer altogether, These upstart brands are getting all these tiny cuts of market share that are slowly causing damage to big corporate brands. And here's the thing. And here's the thing. I'm not even sure if there's anything that a big brand could do about the death by 1,000 cuts caused by the onslaught of direct-to-consumer brands. I don't have an answer. I don't have an answer. Typically, if a big brand can't beat a competitor, it buys that competitor. That is what Unilever did by buying Harry's razors for $1 billion in 2016. But unfortunately, buying Harry's razors is not going to work in this case. It's not going to solve the problem. It's not going to stop big brands from declining. Because every time you buy one direct-to-consumer brand, 10 more direct-to-consumer brands pop up. These small, nimble companies are having to survive off of small slices of market share taken from the market leader. So big corporate brands are going to continue to lose market share caused by hundreds of direct-to-consumer brands. And the first group of people who are going to get blamed are the marketing departments, the agency partners, the PR partners, the members of the marketing ecosystem. They're going to get blamed they're going to be the first victims of the downfall of big corporate brands. My friends, marketing is the most dangerous job in corporate America today. Number two, retailers. Big brands, big customers are becoming their biggest competitors. Ladies and gentlemen, I find the relationship between big brands and big retailers nut bar. I find the relationship between big brands and big retailers crazy. It's one of the most dysfunctional relationships I have ever seen. I'm talking high school, sophomore, first-time dating dysfunctional. Earlier, we discussed how big brands pay retailers these massive slotting fees to get space on their shelves. Getting prime space on retailer shelves is a competitive advantage. Remember, as big as e-commerce is, it only represents 11% of total retail sales in the United States. So for big established brands, these retailers are the lifeblood of their business. And this is why the next point I bring up is the biggest reason why big corporate brands are in decline. So here's the racket. Here is the racket. So big corporate brands' customers, the retailers, are taking all the data that they are collecting from selling big corporate brands' products... They're taking all the money they're collecting from slotting fees from big corporate brands, and they're using the data and the money to develop their own products to compete with big corporate brands. The same big corporate brands who are paying them to sell their products in stores. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what I call crazy. The tides of the world, the frosted flakes of the world, are actively providing their biggest future competitors with data and investment. And perversely, big corporate brands' indirect heavy investment of data and dollars into retailers' products is working spectacularly. It's working spectacularly. For example, in the grocery category, private label brands are anticipated to gain 8% points of market share over the next few years. Where do you think that market share is coming from? It's coming from companies that are paying them to be on their shelves. How long do you think it's going to take for that number to be 50%, 60%, 70%? And here's the rub. Here's the madness of the situation. There's only one solution for this. At some point, big brands are going to have to go to war with their customers, the retailers, and become retailers themselves. And, yo, good luck with that. Godspeed on that journey. This corporate battle is going to cause carnage. And big corporate brands are going to lose market share. Big corporate brands are going to miss their targets. And while this battle is going on, and when the business is shrinking and targets are being missed, members of the marketing ecosystem are going to get the blame. Marketing is the most dangerous job in corporate America today. Number three, massive upheaval and change in consumer media habits. Now, before we dig into this, I want to make sure that we have perspective on how much consumer media habits have changed over the last decade. A decade ago, 18 to 24-year-olds spent almost 20 hours a week watching TV. Similar to most of the population at that time, TV was the center of their media consumption lives. And rightfully so, a decade ago, brands spent one-third of their marketing dollars and budgets on TV to reach these consumers. In present day, one decade later, the world has dramatically changed. Consumers have dramatically changed. The amount of time consumers spend watching TV now has been cut in half. It has been cut by over 50% from 20 hours a week to only nine and a half hours every week. So one would think, okay, the world is not the same place as it was a decade ago. Okay, people are watching 50% less television than they did a decade ago. So big brands have taken the decade to adapt and have adjusted their budgets accordingly, cutting their TV spend by 50%. That is what one would think. But one would be wrong. Big brands still spend one-third of their media budgets on TV. Over the last decade, big brands have changed their packaging. They've changed their facilities. They've changed their messaging. They've changed almost everything to adapt to the times. But they have not changed their relationship with television. And here's the crazy thing. Here is the crazy thing. Of the three major risk factors that are destroying big brands, direct-to-consumer brands, retailers becoming their biggest competitors, and massive people in change and consumer media habits, the change in consumer media habits is the only risk factor that they can do anything about. They can adjust like their consumers have. The majority of American consumers under the age of 34 have shifted from TV to getting their entertainment from influencers, from the influencer entertainment ecosystem. Consumers are watching, following, interacting with influencers on services like YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, and the streaming platforms like Twitch, d 11 and Mixer. So consumers habits have shifted. Big corporate brands need to shift too. big brands media spends are stuck in the last decade. So instead of one third of their media budgets going to TV, only 10% of their media budget should be going to TV and they should shift their budgets to influencer marketing. Now, before we go on, I want to make sure that I'm very, 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 very clear. I'm biased. I have a dog in this hunt. I've dedicated my professional life to influencers and brands. I got reams and reams and reams and reams of data to show how marketers need to embrace influencer marketing. And just to clear it up one more time, what do I mean when I say influencer marketing? I mean, partnering with social media based personalities, generally on YouTube or Instagram or the streaming platforms such as Twitch and DLive, partnering with them to endorse your product to their fans and their followers. And here's the thing. Here is the thing. It's great for brands that consumers are embracing influencer media. Brands should be celebrating this. Look, one of the most potent weapons a marketer has is a meaningful, genuine endorsement. Think about it. If your friend tells you they love a particular shoe or car or lipstick or whatever the product is, you're likely to listen. And then when the next time comes and you're thinking of buying a new lipstick, you'll consider the brand your friend recommended. Most likely, you'll buy it because you trust your friend's endorsement of the product. And that's the basis for influencer marketing. A personal endorsement by an influencer who your target market considers their coolest friend. And no surprise, it works. 69% of millennials report buying products recommended by an influencer. Influencer marketing is like word of mouth at scale. So we live in an influencer media world, and yet brands continue to spend their advertising budgets on TV. It makes no sense. Well, actually, it makes a tiny bit of sense, and here's why. Nobody wants to rock the boat. Today, if you spend one third of your marketing budgets on TV, your boss or your boss's boss will be okay with that for now, for now. But that won't always be the case. And here's the thing. Math doesn't lie. Consumers are watching 50% less TV than they did a year ago. Yes, that's true. But an even more significant stat is that 86% of consumers fast forward through all of the commercials. So not only are consumers watching less TV, when they are watching, they are not watching any TV commercials. And big corporate brands' failure to shift their TV budgets is damaging their performance, and it will continue to do so. And if you are in the marketing ecosystem, you are going to get blamed for that poor performance because marketing is the most dangerous job in corporate America today. Ladies and gentlemen, history is a funny thing. It rewards people for making bold moves, having a longer-term view, and not giving in to short-term pressure. Rome is burning. Big brands are going to feel the pressure of direct-to-consumer brands. Big brands are going to feel the pressure of the retailers becoming their biggest competitors. Big brands are going to feel the pressure caused by the massive upheaval and change in consumer media habits. Not much can be done about the onslaught of direct consumer brands. Not much can be done about retailers becoming big brand competitors. But something can be done about catching up to consumer media consumption patterns. You could play a role to getting your company's brand to communicate to consumers how they are asking to be communicated to through their favorite influencer. You could do that. You could do that. Or you can follow the Hurt. Do what your boss's boss thinks is right and spend one third of your budget on TV. But here's what's going on. Here's what's going to happen. Three, four, five, or maybe six years from now, the same group of people who are basically encouraging you to spend one third of your budget on TV are going to come to the conclusion that spending one third of the brand's budget on TV is crazy because it's crazy because consumers are watching less TV. And when they are watching TV, consumers do not watch any TV commercials, none, zero, no TV commercials. They don't watch any big corporate brands. will figure this out. When this happens, the big brand bosses are going to go to their marketing teams. The big brand bosses are going to go to the agencies, the PR companies, and they're going to say to you, they're going to ask, why didn't you push the brand in the right direction towards influencer marketing and when this day comes when this day comes what are you going to say that you just played along that you didn't push harder because you didn't want to rock the boat what are you going to say if you don't help your brand recognize that media habits have changed dramatically over the last decade and that brands can't spend one third of their budgets on tv commercials that nobody watches anymore And if you don't help them shift their TV budgets towards influencer marketing, you're going to get left behind. You're going to get left behind. Look, I'm not saying this to cast judgment. I'm fully empathetic because I 100% believe that marketing is the most dangerous job in corporate America today. And when you're asked, why didn't you push the brand in the right direction towards influencer marketing? I hope you can say, this question does not apply to me. I recognize the change of the media landscape and push my brand towards the future. I push my brand towards influencer marketing. And that's all I have for you today. Please don't forget to subscribe and rate this podcast. That'd be greatly appreciated. Thank you very much for listening to Take Six. I am Duke McKenzie. Let's keep the conversation going. Thank you.